Hey there, Strong Mom. Welcome to the Mama's New Strong Show, a show that inspires, educates, and motivates you to ditch the weight loss and fitness drama and create a fit and healthy lifestyle that you love, all centered around down-to-earth and practical solutions that will leave you feeling inspired and ready to take action. I'm your host, Jessica May, fitness and nutrition coach, hot mess mama too, a recovering perfectionist, and a lover of all things sprinkles and Mexican food. I'm also a woman on a mission to help you strengthen your body and mind so that you can be the best version of yourself. Ready to unleash your inner and outer strong mom? Let's get started. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to another episode of the Mama's New Strong Show. In today's episode, I'll be completely honest, I'm totally over it. (laughs) I've been meaning to record this episode for a few weeks now, but I've been so stuck in a rabbit hole of research trying to be the most unbiased I could be when it came to this topic. I wanted to look at both sides because I know it is kind of controversial when you talk about the keto diet. Um, And so I don't necessarily have, I don't have anything against the keto diet. I just don't think it's the right diet or the best diet, shall I say, for somebody, for a woman that strength trains, for a woman that is looking to be the strongest, gain the most muscle, up over her performance. Um, I don't think that the keto diet is the best diet. That is not to say that you can't gain muscle and lose fat. We obviously know you can lose fat on a keto diet, but it's not to say you can't gain muscle on a keto diet. I just don't think it's the most optimal. And I know there we could always find outliers. We could always find like that. that I'm, I know there's athletes out there that are keto-based, but I want you to think about that, about them in comparison to all the other athletes in whatever field they're in. And, you know, majority of athletes are not keto. And so, yes, there's always those those few and far between those outliers that could make certain things work, but it might not be the optimal way. And then I also want to argue that how who's to say that they couldn't be even a better athlete if they were eating carbs. Right. Um, So I just want to present to you guys a few studies today on keto in trained women. So today's topic, we are talking about how keto, I'm going to I'm going to make a, I'm going to make a little claim that keto is not the best diet for women that strength train. It's not the best diet for women that want to gain the most strength muscle. They want to take their performance to the next level. So we're talking about women that are into bodybuilding, uh, Olympic lifting, CrossFit, Things that are a certain type of exercise, which we'll talk about in a minute, um, versus a woman that maybe does like marathons. Like I can see that keto could could work for somebody that does steady state type of endurance type workouts, um, but it's not optimal for somebody that does intense bursts, short burst exercises that there's a different type of energy source that has to be tapped into. And we're going to talk about that today. And I really wanted to bring to you also studies that are based on women or have included women. Because when you look at keto, a lot of the diets are on overweight men or obese people. And so it is true, like keto diet could be a could be a great diet for somebody that's overweight. And I know people that have had really good success on a keto diet when they started their weight loss journey, but then it came to a point 
where they had to change their diet because now they're looking to up-level the results into a different area, which is usually like body recomp, right? Losing, really getting to a lower body fat, like 30% and below, and really gaining that muscle, also increasing performance in the gym. It's a different type of category of women, right? So I really wanted to find some studies that take that into account because Strength-trained women are different than an obese woman or especially an obese man. So I don't think we need to have, we don't need to be pulling keto diet uh, studies that really highlight them. We want to talk about, you know, who we're talking about, right? This this pertaining to you and pertaining even, you know, to me, a lot of the stuff I find very interesting. And I want to be honest too, I... um, Really, there was there was a couple of other things I wanted to throw out here as far as points. But when I went and I studied, like I try to look at studies about them and I try to look on both sides, guys, like I'm not just taking the word of people that are like, uh, you know, really against carbs or any. I'm trying to really look at studies That's something new that not new, but something I'm really trying to make a big effort towards is being more study based and learning how to read these studies and and giving you guys some solid information, um, but in a way that makes sense. And so uh, so there's some stuff I left out. Like um, one of the things, I'll be honest, that I left out was protein sparing. So yes, protein, I mean, carbs is protein sparing. So what that means is when you are ingesting carbs with your protein, um, the carbs itself do not influence protein synthesis, which is the the repair, the building back of the muscle. Yet there are studies that show that Carbs can be protein sparing, meaning that they allow the protein to go more towards protein synthesis versus being used as an energy source. And there's a study that I found back in like the 70s that was saying that or proved that carbs are more protein sparing than fats, that fats weren't protein sparing. But then I saw also other studies showing are saying that ketones are protein sparing. So I was like, okay, well, maybe there's that protective effect. So I really can't make that claim against keto that it's not protein sparing. And I don't want to like cherry pick and or, you know, make things because I could have just said, oh, yeah, carbs are protein sparing more than fats. And that's true, right? But taking that a step further to like, you know, not just tell you what is what I, you know, to prove my point. Um, but, you know, sharing the whole few, uh, like whole point of view. And that's what I want to do. I don't ever want to come across as like I I do, because I do macro counting, of course, duh, like you probably know that. But I don't want it to come off like I, that's I, like a religion for me. Like, because a lot of people do that when it comes to nutrition or they they it's like they marry this diet or they see it like as a religion and then even though a study comes out or something gets proven wrong about their diet they will ride that like they will deny 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 and ride that ship until it crashes and so I never want to be that person the reason I like macro counting so much though is it is it's simply just counting macronutrients and all food has macronutrients and I believe that we all need to eat all three macronutrients proteins fats and carbs 
and that's in a balanced way. And I believe that is a great way to to um, to eat, even not just for health. I mean, not just for muscle gains and and body fat loss, but also even just for general health. It's a very balanced approach. So I don't have an extreme outlook. Um, and so anyways, I know I kind of got off on a tangent or a rant, but I want you guys to know that going into this, that I'm not here, I'm not trying to bash keto. If that's something you've done or you're doing and it works for you, great. But I want to challenge you, what are your goals? If your goal is to get as strong as you can, if your goal is to be competitive in CrossFit, if your goal is to build as much muscle as you can, I want you to challenge how much better could you be if you were ingesting carbs <laughs> and that was part of your diet and you had more of a balanced approach, right? So that is the that is the whole point of today's episode. And so first point, let's talk about keto diets can cause performance and training to suffer. So going back to those energy sources that I was talking about earlier, there is a study called Low Carbohydrate Ketogenic Diet Impairs Anaerobic Exercise Performance and Exercise Trained Women and Men. And so this study talked about that it is not a ketogenic diet impairs anaerobic exercise. What is anaerobic exercise? Anaerobic means without air and refers to the body producing energy without oxygen. This is typically energy, uh, typically exercise that is performed in high intensity. This is like 80 to 90% of your max heart rate. This is like lifting weights. This is Metcons. This is HIIT training. This is probably what the kind of exercise you are doing, right? Anaerobic. And the, re- and the way that I remember, because one, there's anaerobic and there's aerobic. Ana, <laughs> anaerobic Anna likes it hard and fast. <laughs> so, right, because anaerobic exercise is intense, hard and fast exercise. Aerobic exercise is steady state, like running, where you keep your heart rate at a consistent level for longer periods of time. This is like marathon runners, right? So they're two different energy systems, and your body prefers carbs when you are tapping into anaerobic exercise. And like that's that quick and hard, fast exercise, right? And so this study talked about that. And I don't know, this also could be due, I feel like performance can suffer when you are de- your glycogen levels are depleted in your muscles. And so the glycogen comes from carbs, comes from glucose, and that's you know, it it, it uh, replenishes your your glycogen stores. And we've heard of this about, right, in our muscles. And so when that is depleted, I do believe that can cause performance, um, can cause problems with performance. Um, and so it says anaerobic meta- uh, metabolism creates energy by burning carbs in the absence of oxygen. This occurs when your lungs cannot put enough oxygen into the bloodstream to keep up with the demands of your muscles for energy. So that's what's happening when you're doing anaerobic type of exercise and why carbs are important because you cannot rely on the ox on your oxygen to help you to produce that energy. Um, the next study that I wanted to bring up was the effects of acute carbohydrate feeding on res- on resistance training ex- or exercise performance. This one was done on men and women, more men than women, but it's still looking at people that resistance train, right? So we're still not, we're looking at our, you know, um, not, we're not comparing ourselves to people that are obese, 
Um, and so this one really came down. I just want to give you guys the gist of it. Um, was that there showed there is a clear benefit to taking carbs before and during exercise when the workout is more than 45 minutes and when training is um, when you're training after an eight hours or more period of fasting. And so the reason why they kind of came to this conclusion, one of the things that they they found was that there was an increase in post-exercise blood lactate whenever you, on the people that had tick, had eaten carbs. And so they, they, they assumed because of this, right, because there was more blood lactate after post-exercise, after exercise, that meant there was greater training volumes that happened. And that's what led to more fatigue and the rise in lactate. And that was shown in the people that had carbs before their workout. The carbs before the workout caused greater training volumes. So if you are not ingesting carbs, right, you're going more than 45 minutes in your exercise, you're exercising without carbs after um, eight hours or more of fasting. So if you're doing exercise first thing in the morning and you're doing all that without carbs, you're leaving, (laughs) you're leaving performance on the table. You could have greater training volume if you were to ingest some carbs. And the study also said, determine the dosage of those carbs ingested. Um, So this was very, I thought this was interesting. So they said that there was no, that there were similar benefits when 0.4, it didn't matter if you did 0.4 to 2.4 grams per kilogram of body weight, that there was no benefit. So what that meant was, and that's a big range of carbs ingested. I'm going to put that into perspective in a minute. But it's just sh- it shows you that you don't have to have a lot. And that just because you're having more doesn't necessarily mean that's better. And I'm this is totally just speculation, not saying this was in the study. But for me, I'm thinking it's probably because all you have to do is top off your glycogen stores. Like if you are exercising more than 45 minutes, you're probably tapping into uh, muscle glycogen, but uh, and also if you're training fasted after sleeping all day, right, and your muscle, your glyc- your storages are depleted, right. All you just need to do is top them off. It, it doesn't mean you have to have a tons of of carbs. And so to put that in perspective, um, I am 128 pounds, and that turns into 58 kilograms. If I do a uh, 0.4 times 58. I get 23 grams. So I just, for me, based on this study, I just need to get 23 grams of, of carbs before a training session. That's going to be 45 minutes or longer, or if it's first thing in the morning when I'm fasted. Um, I, I need to break that fast with just 23 grams. And so that is, that's like a banana, guys. That's like not even a full bowl of a serving of, of oatmeal. It's really not that much. And so I'm just curious on the higher end, 2.4 times 58, the higher end would be 139 grams of carbs. That's crazy. So in this uh, study, you know, that's a big range of arrangement of carb ingested before the workout. And uh, there was no increase. There was no uh, there was similar benefits from that short end to the high end, right, of, of carbs ingested. So 
guys, it's not that hard. Like, don't train fasted. Eat, just go, you know, grab a banana and a protein shake on the way out. Eat a protein bar. Uh, doesn't have to put some protein powder and some oatmeal. Like, you don't have to have these big, huge meals before you eat. Because I know a lot of people don't want to eat. Uh, don't like to eat before, um, like in first thing in the morning. It's it's hard, especially if you're working out really early. But there are some ways that you guys can fig you could figure out something where you can get something in before your your workout. So that was my first point: is that uh, a keto diet can cause performance and training to suffer. And I just shared with you guys two studies that show that clearly. Um, the next thing, the next point that I wanted to talk about is that keto diet results in decreased strength gains. I really thought this was an interesting study because this study was an eight-week study and it was only on women. There was 21 trained women. So these are women that are already, already resistance trained. These are not overweight women. These are not women that have never lifted weights. So it was pretty cool to see this study and what it showed. I'm going to I'm going to pop it up and we'll talk about it. It's called Effects of a Ketogenic Diet on Body Composition and uh, Strength and Body Composition and Strength in Trained Women. All right, so let's talk about this study. So one thing I really did like about this study is that um, the protein um, was equated for. So when you start looking at studies that compare a low carb to a high carb diet, um, you have to make sure that the protein is the same because protein really matters. It is really the most important macronutrient when it comes to muscle gain, even to fat loss. And so when you have calories and protein equated, you don't see a difference in long-term weight loss when it comes to low carb or high carb. Um, Now, in studies, it will show at first that it seems like a low carb diet has a benefit to fat loss over a you know, higher carb diet or a moderate carb diet, but that's really just that initial loss in water weight because you're car- you're cutting carbs. But over time, that that it will equal out, and that there's no change or difference in weight loss. So it's really important when we're looking at these studies that includes nutrition, uh, especially when it comes to weight loss. When it comes to body recomposition, you want to make sure that the two diets ha- are there. The things that they're comparing that the protein is the same in both. Um, And so because it it can definitely make a difference because it matters that much. And same with calories too. So in this, uh, so that was one thing I liked about it. Like I said, the other thing I liked about it was it was looking at women that are already strength trained. So we're not looking at people that aren't strength trained because we know when we look at anybody that is not strength trained, like there, you you can pretty much like, it's called newbie gains. That's what, that's what trainers call it, newbie gains. Like, it's really easy for them to gain muscle um, because they are, I mean, the stimulus is new. Everything's new for them, right? Whenever they're strength training. So that, I thought that was cool too in the study. Um, now, the, what the study looked at was bench press, squat, and a counter movement jump, which is like, a, from my understanding, like a vertical jump, right? Which is kind of cool because if you do CrossFit or you do or whatever kind of sport you might do and you're looking at jump, like how does a keto diet versus non-keto diet um, affect jumping, right? That was pretty cool. It was added in there. So it's not just strength basis on that too. So there was the, the results showed that there was, um, it favored a non-ketogenic diet when it came to uh, it came to the squat, it came to the bench press, it came to all of it. There was improvements. There were bigger improvements 
in the non-ketogenic diet than there was the keto diet, especially in the squat. So it seems like lower, um, you know, lower body, it affected lower body more. And it was like a huge, it was like the non-keto, I'm looking at the charts right now, the non-ketogenic diet, like that group like doubled the ketogenic diet in their results as far as the squat. The bench actually looks about double too. Um, And then in the jump, it's a little bit of a difference, but it's not as big as it was for the strength. Um, And so that's very, that's pretty interesting. So they're obviously you know, however that plays into, the cars played into it, that there was an increase. Um, now, both there was, I, there's some other things I thought were kind of interesting in this discussion, in this article, like if you go through the conclusions, because what they wanted to do, it sounded like too, is to see if there's like sex differences. Because let's be honest, like there is a difference <laughs> from men to women and how we Um, respond to certain diets. And I think keto is one of those diets because women, our hormones are so sensitive. And a keto diet is, it's a pretty extreme diet. Like we are tapping in and, and making our body tap into a survival mechanism of having to produce ketones because of the lack of carbs. So I think, I know a lot of people that are for keto will make that argument. Well, um, you know, your body, it, it can make ketones and it produces ketones and carbs are non-essential. Like, yeah, for survival, like your body has, uh, our bodies are very smart. So ketosis is a survival mechanism. But from, you know, my point of view, it is not optimal. Like our bodies prefer carbs. Like that's our first energy, uh, you know, energy source that it wants to tap into. I mean, obviously, we talked about earlier, the two different types of energy uh, systems, you know, anaerobic and aerobic, anaerobic, meaning without air, right? And like so hard and fast. It was like that kind of exercise that's intense. And you're tapping into glycogen stores, you're you're tapping into carbs when you do that initial high intensity energy. And so your body, that's that's the first source that it wants to go to, right? If it can't have oxygen, it's going to try to tap into that. So just kind of taking that into consideration. So anyways, back to the study. Um, it says this was I thought was interesting. Um, it says results show that men increased their utilizations of fats to a greater extent than women during sub-maximal intensity exercising, suggesting some adaptations from a ketogenic diet are sex-specific. And they were saying that in regards of when they were comparing to other, um, there was, it says a, a, when they're looking at a a study that was done in CrossFit-trained men. And so when they compared, I guess, their results to that study, that there seems that men are easy, like they can, ha- they have an increased utilizations of fat. They can u- they can tap into fat storages uses better than women. So once again, kind of showing that there is there could be some adaptations of the keto diet that are sex specific. So that I thought that was interesting. Um, also, what I thought was interesting too is. In the conclusion, they're trying to figure out like there was more of a decrease in body fat, I believe, from the ketogenic diet. And they were like, well, it could be because they were saying how the people that did the ketogenic diet, 
um, they were trying to, that it, it was harder for them to eat in a caloric sur- surplus, like extra calories. Like, because, and I've heard that and I've seen studies where they say like a ketogenic diet's very, uh, uh, like the satiety, like you're not going to get, it, it helps with hunger, right? Um, that it, that can easily help to, like with somebody that is trying to lose weight, that has a lot of craving issues, like it can help. Um, but this, I think, is something that could be another reason why you don't want to do a keto diet if you're trying to, to gain muscle. And this is something I see with women that a lot of women are already struggling under eating, right? They're already having a hard time fitting in all the protein they need to eat and all the, you know, the the things that the the food that they need to supplement for their recovery and to, you know, for their the protein synthesis and all that. And so if you're somebody that's already doing if you're already struggled to eat enough food and then you're like, "Oh, I'm going to try this keto diet." And um it just makes it you less hungry then that's just going to make you eat more food. Like it's not helping the problem that you are having. So I think that's interesting to also relay and to talk about um, as far as the study. It was talking about that and that was saying that that could have um, counted for why the the keto diet group showed a little bit more, They that they showed some fat-free mass loss um, or body fat mass. I don't know if it was body fat or if it was lean muscle. It doesn't really, I'm trying to remember what they said. Suboptimal for increasing. Okay, so yeah, okay, it was it was fat mass. So they showed that the ketogenic diet did show some decrease in fat mass when it came to the ketogenic people versus non-ketogenic people. But they were saying, well, also, it just turned out that they ended up eating less calories. They were supposed to eat the same amount of calories, but the ketogenic diet people ate less calories because they were more satisfied. So that's probably what resulted in the decrease in fat mass. It wasn't because it's a keto diet. It was just because they were eating less calories like and that's like duh that makes sense right um now they did say that it could be that the ketogenic so it says our results suggested that an eight week is a viable option for decreasing fat mass and maintaining fat free mass when combined with a resistance training in uh, keto uh, resistance training, keto diet, and strength training. Women. However, it is suboptimal for increasing fat-free mass. So they're saying that they concluded that it was um, that you could decrease your fat mass, or um, but it wasn't and maintain your fat-free mass, which is part of your muscle. Um, if you are doing the keto diet and your resistance training, however, the ketogenic diet is suboptimal for increasing fat free mass, which is muscle. And I don't know why they didn't put it in there that also for strength too. Like the the results were obvious. Like the the women that were on the ketogenic diet did not have the same strength gains as the women that were on the non-ketogenic diet. So I just want you guys to, to see that. And it, I mean, it showed in there too. I mean, the ketogenic diet, those women, they did increase their performance on their bench, their squat, and their jump, but not to the extent of the women that were not eating a keto, that were ingesting carbs. They had better results. So once again, going back to what I said from the beginning, I don't think 
that I mean, I think you could, you can, you can gain muscle and you can gain strength on a ketogenic diet. But is it the most optimal way to do that? And if you are really looking to up level your results, your performance, your muscle gains, even I would say long term, like even fat loss, like, and I don't know, I feel like I'm kind of torn on that, like ketogenic diet seems to be like it could be pretty good for fat loss. But but we're talking about recomp, right? We're talking about muscle gains. We're talking about strength. We're talking about performance, right? I'm talking about that up level. I know you, it's not just, you don't want to just lose weight. You want a body recomp, right? You want to look toned and lean and you want to get strong. And so in my opinion, and based on the studies I shared with you today, which I will put in the show notes, the ketogenic diet, the keto diet is not the best way to do body recomp. And so I'm going to leave you guys with that. I, like I said, I am just so happy I got this out of the way because I've been, like I said, I have been going back and forth on this episode for weeks because I just been digging into rabbit holes on things, uh, especially like I talked about in the very beginning about the protein sparing because I always, you always hear that. You always hear carbs are protein sparing and you need them and blah, 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 blah. You also hear another thing um, that I kind of got deep, that got debunked when I was reading seems to be debunked. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of really hard when you're reading studies. Like you can find studies that like contradict each other, and it's I don't know. I just I still am learning a lot <laughs> about even just looking into this stuff. But that you'll also hear in the bodybuilding realm too that they're like, well, you need carbs for protein synthesis because of the insulin spike, and that it helps for the protein to get into the cells faster and all that. And that seems to be I'm on the fence now about that based on what I've read. It almost seems like you really don't need. I mean that yes, the insulin response is needs a little bit needs to be there but it's not as much as we think and that ingesting the protein um alone seems to give the effect that's needed so i don't even think i don't at this point i really don't think carbs are needed for protein synthesis i think it's just protein that's needed for protein synthesis which is the process of rebuilding and repairing muscles but i do believe that the carbs are going to indirectly affect protein synthesis by increasing your performance, making uh, you able to, you know, lift heavier, perform better, do all those things that's going to create the stimulus to start protein synthesis and having greater results or greater gains long term, if that makes sense. I hope that makes sense. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did and you are enjoying the podcast, please share it with somebody, you know, take a screenshot, post it like on Instagram or whatever, send it to a friend. Um, I really appreciate you guys listening every week and I hope you guys like the turn that I'm going um, in this direction of like sharing more studies and stuff. I do think though that it's not going to be something I do all the time um, just because it can get really like, like I said, I, I can get in these rabbit holes and I think it's really important to give you guys information. Um, but I don't think sometimes it might be beneficial to get so entailed in de- into the details and the nitty gritty um, all the time. I think there's other things that we need to talk about and, and you know, bigger overview look of like what's going on and what really matters. And sometimes we can get stuck in those little details and then we're kind of missing like the big picture and, you know, going back to even like your journey, like wherever you're at on your journey, 
journey, sometimes it's good we need to take a step back and be like, okay, what really, really matters? What is really going to move the needle on things? And sometimes really focusing on the details um, is not where we need to be. Sometimes it's we need to take a step back and we really need to analyze and have this bigger overview picture of what really matters and what's really going to get us to where our goals are. Like, it's fun to come on here and talk about like, oh, exactly how many carbs did you have before you exercise or whatever. But there's all these other factors of things that are going on that matter couldn't be mattering way more when it comes to your results and then just like optimizing nutrition and some um, post, I mean, exercise nutrition, which optimizing exercise nutrition matters and it makes a difference. But if you don't have, um, you know, a, a great workout plan, if you're struggling to uh, ready to just even meet your macros or to even ingest protein in general, like I'd rather have you focus on trying to get your protein up before you even worry about like nutrition time uh, for your nutri- nutrition timing, you know, like everything kind of falls into this place. And so even though I do like getting this nitty gritty and detailed about things, I am going to do more episodes too, where it's like, okay, let's take a step back and let's see where we're at and really putting things into perspective. And I, I think that as a coach is my superpower with people is to really take help them to take a step back. Let's focus on what matters the most and in, in what order so that we don't get overwhelmed because that's one thing I believe that happens a lot with women is is we try to do everything all at once and it's very hard it's very overwhelming especially because most of us are are busy moms right and we have all these other things going on it's not just about us we're not like in our 20s and single like that's something I, I think I know not to like dog on like you know like those 20 year old fitness influencers but it's like okay like what it really like you have a lot of time like you don't have a family uh, you might be going to college. You probably just have you just have to take care of yourself. <laughs> it's 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 a lot easier for them to have the take the time and on have to, like that focus on themselves. It gets harder when you have a family. It really does. And so I think my superpower as a coach is I I can help people take a step back. Okay, let's focus on what matters the most right now. That's going to get you the most results. And I promise you guys, it is not focusing on everything at at once. It really is not. It's making, it's like building upon things. Let's focus on what matters the most now. Okay, got that down. Let's go to the next thing. Let's go to the next thing. And what it does, it creates like the snowball effect, like a compound effect of progress. And so you're getting progress the whole time and it's just spiraling like into this like big progress snowball. Like it's awesome. So anyways, um, that is, uh, once again, I'm getting off on a tangent. Uh, Thanks for listening to the podcast. And like I said, if you haven't left a review, you like the podcast, leave a five-star review. I would love to see more reviews. Um, But for now, go out there and be the strong mom that you know you are. And I will see you in the next episode. Bye for now, guys.